Amen. All right. Adam, take us before the Lord. Adam King, please. Father, we thank you so much for your presence here today. We thank you, Father God, that in your presence is the fullness of joy. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We thank you for the freedom that your blood provides to the ones that you love and to all of creation, Lord, to restore the relationship back to the Father through your son, Jesus. We ask, Father God, that you would move on hearts today. We ask that you would bless and anoint the message today, that you would bless the word of God, and that the word would accomplish that which you set them out to accomplish. We come against the enemy in Jesus' name, the devil himself, and we ask, Lord God, that you would bind him, Lord God, that he would have absolutely no authority because you have given us authority over him, Lord, even in our thoughts this very day. We ask, Father God, that you would break the unbroken, restore the unrestored, and Father God, that you would save the unsaved today, Lord Jesus. We want to put our trust in you, Lord God. Where else are we going to go? For you have the words of life. We thank you, Lord Jesus, and we ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Well, last Sunday I wasn't here. We were out preaching in Cambridge, uh, Global Methodist Church, Christ Church in Cambridge. Keep them in prayer. They are in hunt for a minister. They want a man of God. They want someone with some fire in the pulpit. So be praying for them. So yesterday or a day before, I think it was yesterday, I was cutting grass and I thought, well, let me listen to what Jason preached. So now I know that he, we were kind of on the same wavelength without even talking. He was on anxiety. Anxiety. And my uh, part here in this, I guess maybe part two, what he said is trust. Trust in God. Listen. I believe the Lord is not doing a new thing, and it's not a seasonal thing. I think the Lord is forcing the American church to trust him. All our little side issues, all our little fun things, all our little whatever things we leaned on or distracted us or took us away from God is falling away. They just are. I mean, they attacked Christmas. They're taking the sucking the joy out of our nation. It's not even what it used to be. And it's getting a little nervous and a little scary. We keep getting backed up and backed up and backed up and into a corner. And we bump in the corner. And all we're going to end up with is the Word of God. 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 Now, I know that you probably read it and some of you have memorized it. And you have your little promise boxes that you pull out and all that good stuff. And you underline. But how much do we truly trust God? Really trust Him? That's different than just reading. It is. That's why God says, just don't be a hearer. you got to be a doer. And we really don't do or kind of uh, listen to God until he backs us in a corner. I mean, even way in the beginning when God says disperse and get this word all over the place, they didn't. What dispersed them? What caused them to flee and to go? persecution came and so they finally obeyed God and they scattered and spread the word of God so we're no different than them none at all they all wore sandals we have these things on so trust trusting God what does it mean to trust the Lord and do you trust the Lord so Proverbs 3 5 simply says trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean or depend not unto thy own understanding. God doesn't want you trying to figure things out. He doesn't want you meddling with it. 
But we do. He doesn't even want you to lean. And like, what would I? No, he doesn't even want you to go there. He wants you to go to the Word and figure out what the Word's telling you to do. That word trust means to have confidence, to be secure, to feel safe. We used to feel that with our country. We did. We used to have that feeling with our nation against the enemies of the world. That's gone. It's gone. It truly is gone. Psalm 71.5 says, for thou art my hope. This is how you have to be thinking about the Lord we tend to forget about the God, but when he becomes your all in all, you think about him all the time. And so the psalmist is saying here that thou art my hope, thou art my expectation, thou art my anticipation, O Lord God. Thou art my trust from my youth. Thou art my confidence from my youth, my refuge, my security. Now listen to me. This is the oil in the lamp. You have to get this oil in your lamp. You can't borrow mine. i got to walk my journey with God and trusting him by faith as you do yours. And as you do it, it puts oil in your lamp. But the Bible tells us half the church is not going to have that oil. And then you're going to run to those who don't seem to stagger, those who seem to hang on to the promises or the horns of the altar. You're going to say, give me, give me, I'll buy that. And you can't. You have to experience, walk it, trust it for yourself. I trust the Lord. And he heard and he answered me. That's what the word of God, that's what God's trying to put in us. God knows what's coming. And God knows what we need. So Hebrews 10 tells us, don't cast this away. Don't you dare throw this away. Your confidence which hath great recompense of reward. Great. New Living says, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Great reward. So these here, as we read these uh, discouraged Christians here, were in unbelievable danger of casting their confidence uh, 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 out of the Word, off of Jesus, actually, because He is the Word. And you can see it as you read this. My question is, has that ever happened to you? Man, and don't you dare say no, because it does. It does happen to us. Things don't go according to our plans, and your faith runs dead into an iceberg. Wham, and you hit it, and you start going like this. Almost instantly, we doubt. Isn't it true? It's true. I wish it wasn't. Matthew 14 tells us this, but when he saw the winds boisterous, Man, when that wind gets kicked up and those trees in my yard are just going, whoa. Man, it's frightening at times. Hear things hitting the house. Boisterous. He was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately just Jesus stretched forth his hand, caught him and said unto him of thou little face, why did you doubt why do we doubt him who has been found faithful and true, a covenant keeper all through your life? 
and yet we doubt him. Because I believe we haven't learned to walk and trust the word of God. And so God says, you will, because that's the only thing that's going to be left in your life. Man's tinkering and messing with everything in this world, this nation of ours. They don't even want the word of God. Look at James 1.1. It says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Now that doesn't sound like something we want to walk in or do. But it's in there for a reason. James says, count it all joy. He's not saying, count it all joy when everything in your life falls to pieces. It's not what he's saying. Verse 3 says, knowing this. That the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. I don't know if we understand patience. It's not just sitting in a hammock or a rocking chair waiting for somebody to do something, waiting for God to do something. Patience is an active word. You keep seeking and serving God while you're waiting on him. Patience means steadfast, consistency. Listen, it means endurance. You and I are in a race. Main thing you need in a race is endurance. You must have endurance. When I was in school and they say 50-yard dash, I was there. I'm in it. 100-yard, I got it. When they go beyond half mile, mile, 5K, I was like, forget it. Get someone else. That's too hard. Endurance. James 1, 1, 4 again. New living. Listen. The letter, this letter is from James, a slave of God, in of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am writing to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble comes your way, when it comes, not if, it's coming. It just is. Bible tells us what? Man, we're born under trouble. The sparks fly upward. So he says, when trouble comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, when your walk is tested, when your confidence in the word, what you read truly becomes in your heart and in your life, when that is tested, Your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete. Namely, this means you will have more maturity and you will more trust in God than you ever had before. And when that happens to you, you will have need of nothing. Everything comes your way. You're like, no problem. I'm trusting God. I'm crying out to God. He was with me when the lion came. He was with me when Goliath came. I'm trusting God. That's why it says you'll have need of nothing. 
If trials, uh, trials do not produce faith, what does? What's the Bible say? Romans 10, 17 tells us, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Hearing this right now, supernaturally God does something. Supernaturally faith is building us as we hear, understand, and walk through our trials trusting God's word. Something happens in us. It's supernatural. That's why we are to gather. That's why we are to come to hear the word of God. It produces faith and the just shall live by faith and we walk by faith. And God says, I got a test. I know how we think about tests. Right? Everything's great. You're going to school. Got your nice duds on. You're looking cool. Got your little backpack now and all that jazz, which we never had. You sit in school. You sit down. You go down. Pledge allegiance. I don't know how they do that anymore. And you're already in pe- Teacher goes, put your books away. Close this. Get your pencil. We're having a test. Life's over. The toughest and most discouraging trials are when we are called to obey God. And then the fulfillment of his promise seems so far away. It seems absolutely impossible. There's no way out. It's so dark. This is why the Bible tells us, hey, you need endurance. And you're not going to be able to go to Walmart and buy a pound of endurance. Faithfulness during this time when the promise seems impossible. It's the measure of your obedience and your spiritual maturity and growth. God says, that's what I'm looking for, for my people and my children. Growth. You don't want a 25-year-old still going, mama, waiting for the first word to come out of their mouth. So this endurance is built through trials and testing of your faith. That's why that song is so powerful. That's why I trust him. I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered me. That's why it comes alive in you because that starts stirring up the time that you remember when that happened to you in your dark place. So how are we doing? With all this trust stuff in America. Mm. Exodus 20:20. I find this interesting that this verse is formed under, I know it's just man's way of getting you to go to a certain sentence in the Bible. It gives you Exodus, you know that book, chapter 20, you know where to go, verse 20. 2020. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not. For God has come to prove you. That means test you. You might say, why? That his fear may be for your eyes. Why? That you sin not. This is why it comes. There's no fear in American Christians' eyes. They do whatever they want, when they want, how they want, as often as they want. God says, I'm coming to prove you, to test you. Put the proof or your test to your test. So tests are a part of God's plans. The pop quiz like we talked about, the end of the chapter test, midterm, and then that dreaded final exam that's worth 50% of everything. 
Tests are to let you know what you do or you do not know. Exodus 20, 20 again, New Living. Don't be afraid, Moses answered them, for God has come in this way to test you so that your fear of him will keep you from sinning. Isn't it interesting, verse 20, 20, isn't it interesting that this verse is found in Exodus 20, 20, just like the year 2020? What happened in that great year? How'd you do? you panic? Do you trust and listen to man's voice over God? And I'm not talking about you wore a mask. Blah, blah. I'm not talking about that. How was it in here? Because <laughs> they bombarded you with fear. And they're going to do it again. How'd you do? Did you run to God? Did you cry out to him, oh God, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's true or real. Were you being uh, controlled by fear or by God's word? Even if it is a full-fledged rotten plague and millions are dying, I trust the Lord and he heard and he answered me. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what we are. That's the light. People will run to that light. One Samuel fifteen twenty four says this, and Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord in my words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice, the government's voice, or whoever's screaming in your ear, the news, the media, the fake, the junk, the baloney, the lies, the schemes, the trickery. Even if it was true. How'd you do? How were you? Were you zipping up the windows and curtains, rolling up the sidewalks? Or were you just simply trusting God? Lord, what can I do? I can't hide from a microorganism. I can't hide from a virus. I'm just going to simply trust you, Lord. If I get it, I get it. If I die, I die. You know, back in Matthew, we were, we were reading, and the Lord says, why would you doubt so quick? Remember, he came, came immediately, snatched them. They got in the boat. What do you think happened? The wind stopped. Oh, could that have been a test? I think so. As soon as they got back in the test over, failed. Why would you doubt me? What, what can you say when you're looking into the God's eyes? Why'd you doubt me? I, I don't. Deuteronomy 8 says this. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall you observe to do. Here's the reason why. That you may live. Man, that ought to be enough for us. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall you observe to do that you may live. And you will multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. Verse 2 says, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. That's their test. 
40 years in the wilderness. What for? To humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thy heart, whether thou wouldst keep his commandments or no. And that's what we usually do sometimes. We just go, no. I didn't sign up for this. That word to humble thee means God's humbled Israel. He humbled them in the wilderness. His chosen, his people died for, loved them. The oracles, his mouthpiece, I humbled them. He humbled them to a place where all they could do was depend on him. Are you you relating to depend on him? They had nothing else, no one else to count on. I believe that's what's happening to American Christianity. Because we've run, we've frolicked, we played, we did all kind of dumb stuff. And God's like, yeah, okay, test time. And it's not a, I don't want to say season, because I don't believe it's a season. We're going into fall, and it'll pass soon. I don't think this is going to pass. This is the way it is. This is the way it's supposed to be. You were always supposed to be listening and believing and walking in the Word of God. Not just reading it, underlining, highlighting it, memorizing it, and then forgetting about it, but walking in it, chewing it, swallowing it. It becomes a part of you. goes to your blood vessels and muscles become strong. You walk in it. That's why I trust him. If it's a song, it'll go right out of your memory. You won't even think about it anymore. And then he tested them. God tested Israel. Now listen here. It was not because God didn't know. God knew all the time. He tests us to see whether you know. That you can tell yourself, ooh, F, I didn't do good on that one. It's for you to know. And that's what's going on and will continue to go on. And you walk us as a church, you as an individual or a group, a little family. Psalms 27.5 says this, for in a time of trouble, and are you in trouble? Yeah, we are. We are. He shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. Do you believe that? Are you in that spot, in that trouble? Are you hanging on to the scripture? Lord, you said in a time of trouble, you'll hide me. You'll hide me in your pavilion, Lord, in the secret place of your tabernacle. I'm counting on you. doesn't matter what you feel like or what is actually going on. You've got to trust in the Lord. No longer just cute little sayings or bumper stickers. We have looked at this story a few times lately, but it's just awesome. This is the story of the hour to me. Acts 27. Verse 13, this is it. This is where we are, all all are. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing fence, they sailed close by Crete. Remember, they're trusting man's word. 
And we know the story, they trust man's word over God, because God came to warn them. Ah, 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 and they went, ah. That's what our nation's doing. Certainly the church shouldn't be doing it, but I don't know, maybe we are. So it tells us again, but long after there arose against us a tempest wind called Eurachlodon. Now for us, it's all these hopeless situations you find yourself in today, here, you, right now, this morning. All of us have some situation. It doesn't seem to want to go away. It just came on us, been on us. Oh, my gosh, it's been so long. Whatever it is, however long the storm is, I don't know. And this is you and me and us. And when the ship was caught, it could not bear up in the wind. We let her drive. And running under a certain island, which was called Claudia, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand, strike sail, and so were driven. This is a horrible time. Boisterous wind, terrifying time. Storms and weather can be so frightening. Thunder thousands of miles away, it seems like, shakes the house like it's nothing. This is what's falling upon these dark, no moon, no stars, no light, not going away, continually pounding. Like us, the situations we find ourselves in. Verse 18, and when being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands. That's what we do. We always try to take over. I'll fix this. I'll do this. I'll lighten the ship. I'll throw this heavy thing. You know, I really don't need that anymore. With your own hands. Your own bootstraps. We'll get a way out of this. We do whatever, trying everything under the sun. Verse 20 says, And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved is gone. Gone. Is that you? All hope gone? The Lord's put you there. So here's the test for the American church. What are you going to do? Acts 27, 23, it says, For last night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. Words coming from Paul. Paul barking out the word of God, giving the word of God to the people in this desperate, unbelievable situation, being tossed to and fro by the storm while he's given this word. Just like you are now. In your head, you're going, you don't know what I'm going, you don't understand what I... And Paul's given the word. And he says, don't be afraid. For you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. Listen to these last words. It will be just as he said. No matter what you're going on, it will not stop God's promises or his covenant with his people. It will, be, it will come to pass just as he said. God will keep his part. If you do yours, 
But we're always looking for that rosy, beautiful time to serve him. But it's not. It's a tempest. It's boisterous. It's Eurachlodon. It's a storm beating upon us, the wind unbearable. God's going to show you I will keep my word. Isaiah 50, verse 10 says this, Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? You're called to do that at times. Yes, you are. God doesn't pass out rosy glasses. You're not in heaven yet. You're still on this earth. It's full of sin and corruption and filth and demons. So it says, Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth his voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and stay upon his God. So all the voices scream and you run, abandon, go AWOL. You stay upon the word of God. Let them mock, let them laugh, let them throw tomatoes at you, let them cuss at you. You stay upon the word of Almighty God. That's how you know. How you know that you can walk, walk in darkness. You might not walk as quick, as fast, just like when you're at home. Everybody knows their home inside and out. Electric goes out, boom, you're in pitch darkness at 2 in the morning. You're walking a little different. You know that uh, stool or something's there, but you keep walking. That's what God wants you to do. That's that endurance. You have to continue to walk on in the darkness. Job 30. When I looked for good, then evil came unto me. And when I waited for light, there came darkness. God does that to his people as he's building endurance. The ability to last, to hang in there, to walk in the dark. Job 10.22 says, it's a land of darkness. That's what we're in. As darkness itself and of the shadow of death without any order. That's where we live. And where the light is as darkness, that's what's happening to our country. God says, no problem, I'm going to give you night vision. You're going to be able to walk in the darkness as you follow my word. In a time like that, who or what can you trust? Look, John 1, 4 says this, in him was life, in Jesus. In Jesus was life, and that life is light for us. You understand? Pitch, darkness, the world going crazy, doing all kind of weird things. You have Christ in you, and you have light. You can see. You know where not to go, what not to do. You have a path. The word lights it up because he's light to you. In him was life and light. That's why you cannot abandon him. Pitch darkness will come upon you. You'll run into all kind of quicksand, deep pitches, deep, deep ditches. So this word is a source of life, life that he brings to every one of us, if you dare to trust him. 
Matthew 4, 3 says this, and when the tempter came, no, he'll come. He's probably here now. This church atmosphere doesn't scare him. He'll come in here. He'll whisper in your ear. He'll say something. I don't believe that. Don't believe that. Tempter came to him and said, if thou be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. This is when the Lord was starving, hunger. It set it in 40 days in the wilderness. And the enemy comes up, the tempter, the creep. Hey, all these stones, you bad, right? You the man. Turn them stones into bread. Nothing like the aroma of fresh baked bread. Can you smell it, Jesus? Just speak it. Speak the word. What was your Lord's answer? My gosh. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I don't care what circumstance you're in. There'll be an answer for it in the word. Somewhere, some way, somehow. You get desperate and open enough for the Spirit of God and the moving of God, and you say, Lord, I've got to have, I've got to know what to do. Something will illuminate, some wind will blow your, I don't care what happens, it'll come to you. So the Lord gave us a perfect example. By relying on the power and the truth of God's Word, Jesus was willing to fight this battle as a man. Remember, he said he came as a man. If he walked around as God, it'd be unfair to you and I, right? I don't have a God button. I can't switch it and say, bread, come forth. I can't do that. He could have easily rebuked Satan into the next galaxy or pile of ashes, but he didn't. He used the word of God for you and I so that we can imitate him, so we can be he's our example. I don't have the ability to turn stones into bread, but I do have the ability to trust them. And this is what God's building in us. Job 23.10 says this, new living. Make it a little clearer. Listen to what he says. But he knows where I'm going. God knows. He knows what's coming down your path. What turn, what unexpected pitfall, what storm is, whatever. He knows. He's the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. The author and finisher of your he knows. So Job says, he knows where I'm going. And when he tests me in your life somewhere, God's going to say, sit down, close your books, get paper out and a pencil. Test. And I hope you do. I sought the Lord. And he, and he I hope those are your answers. Look, look, look. Levin says, Job answers, for I have stayed on God's paths. I have followed his ways and not turned aside. I have not departed from his commands, but have treasured his words more than my daily food. Listen to me. God says, A, passing grade. If you waver, you're not going to have it. 11 and 10 tells us, tells us why he got a passing grade. I stayed upon it. I leaned upon the word. He was my refuge. I ran to him. 
when I knew nothing and voices and everything was spinning and out of control, I trusted God. That's how you know. That's a passing grade. Now, if you sat like a rock when the choir was singing that God song, by the mercy of God, you have another chance. I want my choir back up here. Now, listen, don't lose sight of this. I have something for you as the choir comes. Don't lollydag, choir. Listen to me, please. Don't be distracted. We are easily distracted. Everyone here at one time or another has sought God over some hopeless situation. From faraway child, some rotten marriage, some unbelievable health thing that come upon you, whatever's going on, you have sought God over some helpless situation through your life, through your time with God. And you can attest that he heard and he answered. He heard and he answered you, did he not? So the song says, I sought the Lord and he heard. So here we are. Here we are now at another crossroads. I don't have to know what's going on in your life, what's weighing your burden you down, what's keeping you up at night as the enemy comes attacking you, your brain is filled with all these I don't have to know. He knows. But here we are at another one of those hopeless situations that you and I are in again here today as the people who always seem to hit icebergs. Another one of those impossible situations. Think of those people on the ship. You're on this ship. And the sailors, verse 27, try to abandon the ship. That's man-made thinking. This ship's going down. I'm getting off. Down went the boats. Man-made attempt. Tempest that they've never seen before. They're leaving this huge boat going down in a little dinghy. Thinking that's their way of escape. The word of God comes out again and speaks. And Paul said, if you leave this ship, you will die. But if you stay here and let God have his way, you will live and not one soul will drown. What are you going to do? What are you going to do today? Because I'm going to call you down here and you bring that problem. You bring that child, you bring that situation, you bring that circumstance that's keeping you up. And you bring the sword of God and you decide to cut those ropes. You could be terrified because you don't know what's going to happen. But did you trust, did you trust God? He said, I'm going to cut every one of these ropes. For I sought the Lord and he heard and let it go. That what you're hanging on to, that's what's drowning you. Sailors tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboat as though they were going to put out anchors from the front of the ship. Verse 31, Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldiers, you will die. 
If you keep trying to fix things, keep trying to manipulate, trying to move things around your way, God's saying you're going to die. Cut it off and just completely trust me. Think of that. Think of what's going on. That ship being tossed as waves, sea sails snapping and breaking and falling. Men screaming. Oh, we scream when we're frightened. Screaming and crying. And God is saying, let it loose. Cut it away. And trust me. Trust my word only. So here we are. Another crossroads. You're going to be a hearer. Oh, yeah, that was started. That's pretty cool. That's good. I'm going to Cracker Barrel. Are you going to be a doer? You're going to bring it down. Say, God, I can't bear it anymore. I can't handle it anymore. Cut the rope, God said. And you're going to cut that rope while we sing that song again. Because that song's going to come alive in you if you permit it to. This morning, you bring all those impossible situations. Bring all those man-made ideas or plans or schemes that you've been trying. Bring all those ropes that have you so tied up you can't even function and move anymore or worship God. Bring them down and let God cut them off you as you simply just trust his name. Let's stand, please. Come down to this altar. Jesus is mine. Come down now. Bring those situations. And you stand He's here. You sing with the choir. You felt this song out like your life depended upon it. Because God said, if you don't, of his spirit, you'll die. Cut the ropes off. Lost in his blood. And what he did for me on Calvary is more than Trust in God. Yes, look, belt this song out. My Sing it in the face of Satan. Sing it right in his face. Who will never, He'll never fail. Sing it in his face. He will never fail. I trust in God. My Savior, the one who will never All is at rest. And I know the author of tomorrow. Yes. Oh, what is my stay? He's ordered your steps. No one else. So this is my story. Is this your story? Make it. This is my song. Raising my risen King and Savior all the day long. And I trust in God, my Savior, the one who will never fail. He will never fail. 
sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. That's why I trust him. That's why I trust him. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord.